All right. Good morning, everybody. We're going to try that again. Good morning, everybody. All right, there we go. Um, Man, we have a lot going on this morning, but you know what? I love that we have a lot going on this morning. I love that it's not just routine worship word dismiss, all right? Um, So many good things happening, and I don't know what's going on, but I've already cried like five times this morning. Most of that was before church even started. So thank you, Jesus. Um, really funny thing I have to share with y'all. One of our first impact group meetings we had within our group, we were talking about sitting on the front row together as a group. Like, we're going to sit on the front row and make the front row a thing. And Ryan was at that meeting. And so Ryan, <laughs> brother, I love it. I love it. Confirming what we all have been thinking. Thank you, Jesus. God's so good in that. All right, we're going to jump right in this morning. Uh, we are continuing our series on the words from the cross, the things that Jesus said while he was dying on the cross for our sins. And it's uh, this is our third week. The first week we talked about when Jesus said, Father, forgive them. Last week we talked about, he said, why have you forsaken me? And today we're going to be talking about something very powerful, very challenging. And I'm going to say right off the bat, this is not a typical Palm Sunday sermon, all right? Because we are not living in typical times, and I do not believe that God is looking for typical from the church, okay? And so as we discuss this morning, just know that right off the bat, that God is after something in us, and it isn't anything but typical. Okay, so let's look in John chapter 19, starting in verse 28. It says, Jesus knew that his mission was now finished. And to fulfill scripture, he said, I am thirsty. I am thirsty is what Jesus says on the cross as his mission is accomplished, as his mission is finished. And it's important to understand, we mentioned this last week, that Jesus is both fully human and he is both fully God. So in his human self, there was probably a very real uh, need to have his thirst quenched in this moment. He was a thirsty man dying on the cross. Just like many of us, when we do something and the job is done, we want to rehydrate, all right? And in a couple months here, we're gonna have to start mowing the yard every single week in the, in the heat, heat, heat of the day. And you want to have some water, right? Or whatever it might be, you exercise, you do this or that. You want some water to rehydrate your body. But as I read this and I hear the words of Jesus on the cross, as he says, I am thirsty, right after the mission, his job was accomplished, which was not to live on this earth, but to die on this earth. When he says, I am thirsty, I believe there is so much more to it than can I have a glass of water. I believe what Jesus is saying here is in two parts. He's saying, God, I'm thirsty to return to my home. I'm thirsty to get back to heaven and be with you. And I think also as his mission is accomplished, what he is saying is, I am thirsty for these people that I have died on the cross for. Because I believe the second that Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, there was a thirst from God for us that began in that moment. Because there was a disconnect. He created us to have relationship with us. And in that moment of sin, when we were disconnected from God, he immediately became thirsty for us again. And so as he's hanging on the cross and the mission is accomplished, and the veil is about to be torn, and he's about to be raised from the dead, where we're going to celebrate like crazy with a party next week, come on church. In that moment, he's saying, all right, I'm thirsty. It's over. I want that relationship again with them that was stolen by sin, and I'm thirsty for them. 
And so as we talk this morning, the question that we are not going to ask is, is Jesus thirsty for us? We know that he's thirsty for us. He proved it on the cross. The question that I want to ask this morning to every single one of us in here is, are you thirsty for him? Are you thirsty for Jesus in your life? This last year has caused a lot of things, and for me personally, it's caused me to ask that question, to look at myself, to look inwardly and say, James, are you thirsty for a sermon? Are you thirsty for a blessing? Or are you thirsty for Jesus? And it's something that I believe God is asking the church. He's he's shaking the tree, and he's saying, are you thirsty, church? Are you thirsty for me? Because I am thirsty for you. And he's got some things that he wants to talk to us about that. And we're going to get into it right now. John chapter 7. Let's go back in Jesus' life. Starting in verse 37, he says, on the, it, it, it talks about this, on the last day, the climax of the festival. Let's just picture this for a moment. There's a festival going on, and Jesus stood, and he, it says he shouted. Right? So he's not whispering this. He's not just talking to the person next to him. Jesus stood and he shouted to the crowds, anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink for the scriptures declare, check this out, y'all, rivers of living water will flow from his heart. When he said this living water was speaking, he was speaking the spirit who would be given to everyone believing in him. So I just picture when I, when I, when I read this, Jesus on, like getting on a chair or something in the middle of this huge crowd and he literally is shouting, the son of God, y'all, the savior of mankind. It says, who's thirsty? Are you thirsty? Are you thirsty? Come to me, come to me, come to me. And see, what's going on in this festival, this festival, this Feast of Tabernacles, is it's eight days long. And the first seven days of this, of this feast, of this festival, what they would do is they would take these gold pitchers and they would fill them with this water. And they would go and they would pour this water out at the altar in remembrance of what God did in the desert with the Israelites in Exodus, which we'll get to in a second. And so for seven days they did that, and, and it was a day of remembrance to, rem- to remind the Israelites what God can do, what he did do, and how he was for them. But on the last day, this day that Jesus is, st- is saying this, they didn't pour out any water. The water stopped, and it was a day for them to pray and reflect. And I love the timing of this, and I believe, again, this is what Jesus is saying to us now. Jesus is getting on his chair, he's saying, all right, y'all, the water stopped, We're not pouring it out anymore. The gold pitchers are put away. The festival's over. Are you thirsty for me? The party's over. In this last year, a lot of ways, the record has stopped. The water has stopped flowing. And again, Jesus is standing on his chair, shouting to any and everyone who will listen, the church included, and saying, are you thirsty now? Or were you just interested in the party? Because I'm thirsty for you, and I've proven it. But are you thirsty for me? Are you thirsty for me? And the truth is we all thirst. All of us thirst for something. Whether it's fame, wealth, notoriety, family, relationship. All of those things. But all of those things are temporary solutions to a permanent problem. 
Jesus is saying, thirst for me. And then what is he saying here? He says, not a droplet, not even a little cup, but rivers, rivers of living water will pour out of me and you can drink from it. We talked last week about the woman at the well and he says, if you only knew who you were talking to, you would drink of what I have and you would never thirst again. And it's what he's saying here. It's what he's saying over and over and over and over to us all the time. Are you thirsty? Stop trying to quench your thirst with these other things that are temporary. Out of me flows rivers, rivers of living water, but you gotta be thirsty. Are you thirsty for him? John chapter 12 in verse 12 says, the next day the news that Jesus was on the way to Jerusalem swept through the city. A large crowd of Passover visitors took palm branches and went down to the road to meet him. They shouted, praise God, blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hail to the King of the Jews. This is the Palm Sunday that we're talking about, I guess, today. But when I read this story, it's never, I don't think about this parade that was thrown for Jesus and how awesome it might have been to be in that moment. What I always think about when I read about Palm Sunday in this couple verses, which is, which is all it is, really, it's only a few. What I think about is how fast the people went from saying praise to crucify. That fast. Jesus went from being on a donkey to being on a cross. He went from being celebrated by many people to be abandoned by even his own disciples. In a matter of a week, the party had ended. The party was over. The parade was done. And Jesus was on a cross and he's up there saying, I'm thirsty. And he, what he wants from us is say, I'm thirsty too. The palm branches, the donkey, whatever. Are you thirsty for me? Because what we see here is you can, you can throw a parade all day long. You can come to church every single Sunday. It doesn't matter if you're not thirsty for him. What matters is what happens when the festival stops, when the party stops. Are you thirsty then? And I believe, church, I, uh, Pastor Brad and I were talking about this before service, that God wants to do something in the church. And he's waiting for us to get thirsty enough to get back to him. But once we are, we've seen it. I, I, we've seen a lot of churches starting to get a lot thirstier than they were over a year ago. And in the midst of crisis for the world, the church is growing. The church is seeing miracles again. The church is starting to worship in ways that it hasn't in a long time. Why? Because their, their thirst is getting quenched, not by things, not by programs, not by this, that, and the other, but by the Holy Spirit. Because they're thirsty. Are you thirsty? Do you want to see changes in your marriage? Do you want to see changes in your kids, in your job, in your financial situations, in your health situations? Are you thirsty? Are you thirsty? Exodus chapter 17, starting in verse 1. It says, At the Lord's command, the whole community of Israel left the wilderness of sin and moved from place to place. So this is with Moses. He's with the Israelites. They're wandering in the desert. 
Eventually they camped at Rephidim, but there was no water there for the people to drink. So once more the people complained against Moses. Give us water to drink, they demanded. Quiet, Moses replied. I love that. I'm going to do a sermon on that one day, by the way. When I started getting emails saying, James, why aren't you doing this? Quiet. (laughs) And I'm allowed because it's in the Bible. So before you all get mad at me. Thank you, Moses. Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) Quiet, Moses replied. Why are you complaining against me? And why are you testing the Lord? And here, check this out, y'all. This is crazy. Verse three. But tormented by thirst. I'm going to say that again. Tormented by thirst. They continued to argue with Moses. Why did you bring us out of Egypt? Are you trying to kill us, our children, and our livestock with thirst? Here's the thing. When we live thirsty lives, we allow torment in. When we don't go to Jesus with our thirst, and we go to this, that, and the other, even a person, even someone like Moses... We allow torment in. We allow torment into our lives every time that we do that. A thirsty life is a life that substitutes Jesus for anything else. Anything else. Because nothing is a substitute like him. Let's keep going. Verse 4. Then Moses cried out to the Lord, What shall I do with these people? They are ready to stone me. All right? This is interesting, y'all. Listen, look look at the dynamics here. The people are thirsty, they go to Moses. So they have a problem, they go to Moses. Moses now has a problem. He cries out to the Lord. You want to you see an indication of how thirsty you are for Jesus? Look at who or what you go to when problems arise in your life. The Israelites went to Moses. Moses went to God. All right? So what are you going to? Let me, you can sit here and say all day long, I'm thirsty for Jesus. Listen, when I go to Publix and I want a donut, I don't go to the produce section, y'all, because produce is gross, all right? I go to the bakery because that's where the smell is coming from, and I know that's where the donuts are, all right? So we can look a lot at where, what we're starving for, what we're thirsty for by what we go to, not what we say we go to. I can say I want a donut, but if I'm looking at broccoli, it ain't right, right? And trust me, that ain't ever going to happen, all right? Testify. Um, What are you going to? What are you crying out to? Who are you crying out to? Are you thirsty just for your spouse? Are you thirsty for a friend? Are you you thirsty for alcohol or drugs or, or pornography or this or that or accolades or whatever it might be? It's a great indicator It's a great indicator of what we're really thirsty for in our lives. I would love in my own life to be able to say at every turn, the first thing when trouble arises, I just fall on my knees and cry out to the Lord. I want to get there. It hasn't happened yet. But I'm working on it. And if we as a church can start doing that in our homes and on Sunday mornings and in impact groups, where we are all a group of people that are just thirsty for Jesus, not for what he can give us, but simply for who he is. Holy smoke, signs, miracles, and wonders. Signs, miracles, and wonders. God will move. Listen, what we're doing here at Beaches Chapel, we've said it before, we are getting out of the way. We are getting out of the way because we're thirsty for what God wants to do in this house. 
We're thirsty for what he wants to do in all of us as a people and as a family. But what that takes is us getting out of the way and saying, God, I'm just thirsty for you and what you want to do here because I trust you in it. Let's keep reading. Verse five, the Lord said to Moses, walk out in front of the people, take your staff, the one used when you struck the water of the Nile and call some of the elders of Israel to join you. I will stand before you on the rock of Mount Sinai. Strike the rock and water will come gushing out. Then the people will be able to drink. So Moses struck the rock as he was told and water gushed out. And the elders looked on. I love that. So here we have it. They're thirsty. Moses tells them to strike this rock or God tells Moses to strike the rock. He does and water comes gushing out. Let me tell y'all something. Do a Google search of how Jesus or God is referred to as rock in the Bible. And there, actually, there's a few in the sermon notes that you can read. I'm not going to read them now. But it's everywhere. It's everywhere in Scripture where Jesus is referred to as a rock. Do you think it's coincidence? Do you think it's just a happy accident that God told Moses to strike a rock in the desert for water to come out? No, what God was doing was even all the way, all the way back then was, was showing them, look, this is what's going to happen. You think that's, you think that's awesome? I got a rock coming that's sitting next to me now that when it strikes, it's going to gush living water, living water that isn't just going to provide water for you in the moment in that desert, but always, forever, living water. And that's exactly what God did. The second that sin crept in the picture, there was a thirst for a relationship with us. God thirsted for, the, for us and he proved it by putting Jesus on the cross. And Jesus said, I'm thirsty. It's there, y'all. It's there. That river of living water that will come gushing out if we just say, Lord, I need you, I'm thirsty for you. And it doesn't take changing everything first in your life. Saying, right, God, I'm, I, I thirst for you, but first I need to fix this so that I can qualify for the water that you're offering. So that I can live up to this water that you're freely giving. It's not about that. It's about turning to him and saying, I'm thirsty. And he doesn't just give us a little drip. He lets us drink from the fire hose of the Holy Spirit, blasting us with living water, with living, good water. But you gotta be thirsty. You gotta be thirsty. Matthew 5, 6 that all, says, all who hunger and thirst for him will be satisfied. So what, is a, what does a thirsty life look like? It looks like praying more. It looks like setting aside time in your day, not when it's just convenient or when you got the best night's sleep possible. But thirst says, I don't care how tired I am. I'm so thirsty. I'm going to get up or I'm going to stay up and I'm going to have this time with Jesus. It means opening the word and getting in scripture and hearing what the Lord wants to say to you. It means turning off social media and the 24-hour news cycle and this, that, and all the other distractions that we fill our day with. 
and saying, I'm going to put those aside. I'm going to turn those off. I'm going to, dare I say, take them off of my phone. And I'm going to be thirsty for Jesus. And I'm going to shut my mouth to gossip. And I'm going to shut my mouth to confessing lies over my own life. And I'm going to stop making excuses for why I can't do this, that, and the other. All these things that God's calling you to. And listen, God's been, God's been calling some stuff for me, stretching me in areas, and I know that he's doing that with all of us in here. I know that he is. Are we going to just say, okay, all right, I'll do it because I'm thirsty for you. And though I don't get the full picture now, I'm going to trust you because I'm just thirsty for whatever you have for me. I'm thirsty for whatever you're doing and I want to be a part of it. Are we going to continue to say that we're thirsty but live a life that looks nothing like that? Y'all, God wants us to be different. The world needs us to be thirsty. Our children need us to be thirsty. Our marriages need us to be thirsty. But what we also understand is, look, it's there. We don't create the water. Jesus did it on the cross. The mission was accomplished. It was accomplished. Are you thirsty? And be real honest with yourself when you ask yourself that question. Be real honest with yourself. Am I thirsty for Jesus? Not for all the rewards, but just for him. It's like we sang about this morning. We lift you high. We lift you high. Let's stand up. We're going to pray this morning. And I just want to pray for y'all. And then we're going to dismiss to some lunch. But in this week, this holy week that we're starting today, take a look. Take a look at your life. Take a look at the areas. Be real honest with yourselves. Where can I give Jesus more time? Where can I commit more to him? Whatever that might be. And if you, if you honestly, like, I don't know. Or, or maybe, you're, you, maybe you are trying and it's just not working out. Keep trying. Pray. Ask people if you're in an impact group to help you know, pray with you. Ask a pastor. Ask an elder. Ask the person next to you to help you regain that thirst for Jesus. Because y'all, if I'm thirsty for Beaches Chapel, it's not enough. I'm just one person. But if we're all thirsty for him, holy smokes, we will see signs and we will see miracles and we will see wonders in Jesus' name. Mm. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much, Lord, that you've given it to us all already. When you hung on the cross and you said, I am thirsty, you were thirsting for us. God, it's not about what we bring to the table. It's just about us saying, I'm thirsty. Quench my thirst. And God, I, we can stand here. I can stand here confident, confident, that when we say, Lord, quench my thirst, that you will do it because you don't lie. And you said that we will be satisfied when we hunger and when we thirst for you. So God, though the feast may have ended, God, we say we're still thirsty for more. And it, it might look in our lives like the water has stopped pouring out. 
like the music has stopped playing and we're in a place that appears dry. We feel alone, but God, we know that you are there. And if, we, if we're in that desert place, we're crying out to you now, Lord, as a church, as a family, as a body, we're thirsty, Lord. And teach us how to quench our thirst even more. Get those, stir us up, Father. Wake us up. And Father, I just want to pray right now specifically for those that are watching online, those that are here in this room that haven't ever, ever had that drink of living water from you, have never received you as their personal Lord and Savior. God, I just want to leave space right now for that to happen. The Bible says that if you believe in your heart and you profess with your mouth, you will be saved. So God, right now I pray for those that need to make that decision, that are thirsty and they've been looking every which way to quench their thirst. And now's the time for their sins to be washed away and to drink that living water. If that's you, I'm just gonna take a minute. All you have to do is say, Lord, I believe I'm thirsty. That's all it takes. Do that now. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for your patience with us, God. When we've missed the mark, when we've been more concerned with the festival, with the parade, than being thirsty for you. And God, forgive us if our prayers have ever been, we just want to go back to normal. God, because that's not what we want. We want so much more than that because we know that you have so much more for us. Lord, we confess right now, we are thirsty, Lord. We are thirsty for you. Send that living water, that river that gushes living water, Lord. Gushes it, Father. Yes, Jesus, that's what we pray for, Lord. Rivers in this house, God, when we worship you. In our impact groups, Father, in the word, God, in prayers, Lord. We pray for rivers, God. Rivers, rivers of living water that gush out over every single one of us. In our homes, Father, rivers of living water. In Jesus' name. Yes, Father, for every family here, every person here, God, I pray that you would send rivers of living water. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, God, I thank you, Jesus, that this is gonna be that house and the church as a whole is gonna be that place. Lord, bring back, God, those rivers, Father. Unclog the dams, break them up, Jesus, whatever it takes, God, that your Holy Spirit would move. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And God, as we dismiss, I just want to pray for those that we are going to invite this week to church, whether it's the Good Friday service or Easter service, God. We pray right now, Jesus, for boldness and courage for every single one of us in here as we take those invite cards to be those people that offer that living water, God, at getting out of our comfort zone, stepping out of that fear and inviting people, Lord. And I pray, Jesus, for those that are waiting for that invitation, that they would receive it. And God, on Sunday, they would receive you in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for this week and what you're gonna do, not just here at Beaches Chapel, but across this world as the church celebrates together, linking arms, the resurrection of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you for that, Lord. Thank you for this week, God. Prepare our hearts. And God, also, we just pray for the food, 
that you would bless it as we leave here this morning. Thank you for a time of fellowship. Be with us outside. Thank you again for every family that had children dedicated this morning, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you for that, God. What an honor that, Lord, you raise them up, Jesus, and we get to raise them up together. Oh, you're a good God. We bless you, Lord. We exalt you, Jesus, and we say thank you, Lord. Thank you for thirsting for us. You, you could thirst for anything, Lord, and you thirst for us. And we're grateful for that. We love you and we bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 amen.